Welcome to the campus, those joining on Facebook Live, live stream. Welcome, glad you've made our service today a part of your schedule. You will be blessed, and uh, we pray God's best for you today. As we begin our service today, and just before we uh, begin our worship set, I do have a number of things I'd like to bring to your attention today uh, in terms of our upcoming schedule, some things that I want to make you aware of, and I think you're going to find very compelling and very exciting. So everybody say, I'm listening. That's great. I am glad you're listening. Thank you for letting me know that. I appreciate it. Uh, 21 Days of Sacrifice concludes today, and I just want to say a very heartfelt thank you to everyone who has participated in this time of fasting and prayer, and God hears and sees our sacrifice, and He responds to those things that we invest in the kingdom and in our walk with God, and we're already seeing things happening spiritually, uh, in our church, in, in ministry, things are already moving and working, and the best is yet to come. The future is bright, and our beginning the year with fasting and prayer is a big part of that. So thank you for being a part of that. And I'm very excited today to remind everybody that our Connect Group Fair is today, right after church, right after the altar service over in the Alexander Center. And I want to encourage everybody to come over, spend just a few minutes looking at what's on offer from the connect group leaders and find a connect group and sign up and be a part and uh, we're going to make it worth your while to go over there and check it out we're going to uh, have a little snack for you we've got nachos and cheese uh snack and kind of like they have at youth camp right uh, but we know it's near the, the lunch hour at that time so come by grab a snack and check out the uh, connect groups i will tell you that uh, last semester they filled up quickly they filled up quickly, and there were some folks that uh, had to be put off to the next semester, to this semester. So I encourage you to get over there right after altar service, check it out, sign up, and uh, it is going to be a great semester. I was over there before church uh, helping uh, set up and just kind of looking it all over. There's some exciting stuff, uh, everything from a book club to cooking to uh, game nights, and uh, there's something for everybody. So you're going to have a great time. Please go by and check that out. You'll be blessed. This coming Tuesday at 10 o'clock, morning prayer in the sanctuary. If your schedule allows, please come help us pray. And then on January the 29th, which is next Sunday, we will be having a blood drive. And uh, we want we thank you for, your, uh, for, for being a part of that in the past. Another opportunity coming to be a part. And so mark your calendar and come prepared next Sunday. And then this is really cool, really exciting. Mark your calendar. On um, February the 5th, which is two weeks from today, we have a very special guest speaker in the 11 o'clock service, and that is Brother Steve Cannon. Now, Brother Steve Cannon is the general director of children's ministry out of St. Louis with, with the United Pentecostal Church, and you may remember him. We hosted a, a youth or a, 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 a kids rally here some time ago on behalf of the United Pentecostal Church Kids Ministry, and he was here directing that service, big part of it. Uh, just made a connection with him. He connected with our church, with our students, and pastors asked him back to minister in the 11 o'clock service. You're going to enjoy his ministry, and you're going to want to hear what he has to say. He has a passion for, for our children, for seeing them filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, 
and uh, living a productive life in the kingdom. So come expecting to hear what he has to say and being blessed by his ministry. That is February the 5th, two Sundays from today. And then the following Sunday, February 12th, is Child Dedication Sunday. If you would like to have your child dedicated to the Lord in that service, please contact the church office. Finally, if, you, if you're with me and you still got all that, you're still, still with me. Last announcement, February 26th, 2 to 5 p.m. is the ladies' tea over at the Cottage Tea Room. That's ages 12 and up, and you can pay online $25 to get in. And uh, ladies, you're going to have a great time at the ladies' tea on February the 26th. Amen. Amen. All right. That brings us up to speed. All of that information is on the app. It is on the website. So you can go back and look it over at your convenience. God bless you today. Stand with me. Praise team's getting ready to lead us in worship. I just have one little thought of inspiration I wanted to share with you. I felt inspired this morning uh, in prayer. And uh, I just believe that, uh, that God has a word for somebody. Uh, you remember the story about Zacchaeus. We sang about him in Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree, Jesus he wanted to see. You know, Zacchaeus ultimately got to go to, or he actually invited Jesus over to his house for, for lunch. There were a number of people there, a number of, of, of Zacchaeus' friends, uh, just honored by Jesus' presence there at lunch. And Jesus makes a really interesting and powerful statement during that lunch to Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, this day salvation has come to your house. There's a lot in that. It's very profound. Um, but as I was praying today, I just felt like that was kind of over this service today. This house, this sanctuary, this service, salvation has come. And if you will wade into that, if you'll, if you'll accept that and receive that and engage that with your faith, I believe it's true for your house, for your household, your family, that God wants to do something today for every household, every family, every individual. Salvation has come today. Answer to prayer today. Promises fulfilled today. If you believe that, clap your hands, lift your voice, and let's see what God will do today. God bless you, Grace Church.
choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old
to be aware this morning, folks. We have to be aware of the presence of the Lord here today, and we can't afford to take it for granted. Not today. Not not today. Thank the Lord. I'd like for, for all of us to pray right now that uh, as Brother Dave opened the service and resonated with my heart, that he, he, he wants to come to somebody's home today and be your salvation no matter what you need here today. The presence of the Lord is here, but he wants to go home with you today as well. Grace Church, let's everybody pray together, shall we, that the Lord would... here today. Thank you so much for coming, our guest here today. God bless you so much for being here and thank you for making Grace Church a part of your plans today. We really appreciate all of you being here today so very, very much. And uh, I'm excited about our connect groups kicking up, kicking off here in just a, a couple of weeks. And uh, would like to remind Again, everybody of the Connect Group Fair after church, we encourage everybody to go to our fellowship hall, the Alexander Center right here uh, to my right, to your left, uh, the building back there to check that out. Then I'll remind all of our uh, Connect Group leaders uh, that we'll have a meeting with you on Sunday evening, uh, February the 5th. Uh, so remember that. Uh, 
Jesus is here today in a mighty way. <clears throat> and today, uh, well, I'll back up. I've worked for the past several Sundays to build up to this point today. To work uh, in preaching, and uh, we've worked real hard at it to uh, bring us to where we are today. Today is going to be uh, somewhat of a launch service into this year and uh, I'm very open-minded I'm very visionary but I'm very open-minded to whatever it is that God wants and uh, Lord willing uh, we'll be sharing some things with you in just the next few months uh, about this year as it pertains to Grace Church Acts chapter 2 verse 1 very familiar reading and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This of course is the storytelling of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost for the very first time in Acts chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 16, the Bible said, verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said unto them, Whom do you say that I am? And Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. I'll announce my title in just a moment. Thank you for your patience and standing. You may be seated. There's a certain posture of confidence that I have realized over the past several weeks. And I'm going to preach about that today. And I am also very confident that you, being the wonderful and confident people of Grace Church, you'll come to realize the same thing in some already have. There's such an amazing assurance and confidence in the voice of David of the Old Testament when he told Goliath. We all know this, but I'm going to ask you to listen to it today. He told Goliath, you come to me with a sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I want everybody to hear that. That statement that David made was not based on arrogance, was not based on his ego, but it was based on his knowledge of God and his revelation of God, his understanding of God. We all need to understand that. David knew that Goliath's weaponry was no match for his slingshot.
Because David knew. Everybody say David knew. David knew that he had a supernatural power behind him that Goliath did not have. Amen. So today, I'm coming to Grace Church with knowledge of the Word of God, and I'm coming against fear and doubt and depression and anxiety, complacency, bitterness, hurt, disappointment. The list is endless. I'm coming against those things that all of us have battled and some are still battling. And I come against those things because I have a supernatural power. I may be firing a slingshot this morning, but there's something behind it. I'm going to say that again. I might be firing a slingshot this morning, but there's something behind it. There's a supernatural power behind it. I'm coming to you today in the name of the Lord. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord and shout yes. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. I've shared with a handful of people this story. And you'll have to forgive my source today. It is what it is. But I heard a brand new just newly hired college football coach tell his brand new team a few weeks ago he said quote I'm coming what he meant was was when I get here everything is going to be different when I get here everything is going to change now the college that had just hired him, I looked it up online, and their past 12 years of playing college football, they only had one winning season in 12 years. And this coach, I'm not going to call his name, you can look it up, but he has a propensity, apparently, for taking situations in that field that are broken down and bring them back to a championship status. So he went on to tell his team, if you are accustomed to losing, if you've accepted that tradition of losing, get ready because I'm coming. Meaning that when I arrive, you are going to start winning. It inspired me like you can't imagine. Why did he say that? Because this man knows how to make that happen. Because he has done it before. He has a record for taking losing football programs and making winners out of them. You need to listen to that. He said, I have the credentials. I've done this before. I know how to hire good coaches, and I know how to recruit good players. I'm coming. He said that over and over. 
He went on to tell that team meeting, his first team meeting, that I can see it in your eyes that you don't even believe that you can win. I'm not going to say everything he said, and neither am I going to say it like he said it. I'm going to be a little nicer. But he said, I can see it in your eyes that you don't believe you can win, but I'm coming. You've embraced a culture of not winning, but I'm coming. I want to borrow from that coach today, and I want to preach to you for a little while. I'm coming. I'm coming. You, you haven't heard me yet. I gave a little introduction there. I'm coming. Praise the Lord. I want to say to Grace Church, I'm coming. There are things going on right now here at Grace Church that feel differently, look differently. And there are people here today that are acting a little bit different. Why? Because I'm coming. Pastor has been showing up for the past couple of weeks with a little different attitude and a little different perspective. My faith is just a little bit stronger. My trust in God is just a little bit deeper. Why? Because I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm tired of seeing people fight and struggle with discouragement and fear and loneliness and anxiety and disillusionment and depression and feelings of hopelessness and despair. Hallelujah to God. I want to submit to you this morning. I'm coming. We're making a comeback. I'm coming. And Grace Church is going to be something that it's never been before. I'm firing a slingshot here this morning. But I've got a supernatural power behind me that I feel just rumbling through this building today. Everybody clap your hands one more time. In light of saying, I'm tired of seeing people fight and struggle with discouragement and so on. I was flipping through my personal notes that I keep. Personal notes, this is my own private notes. But I remember... In the fall of last year, and I was reminded actually of this this morning as I was thumbing through my notes and making some notes. I wrote down 10 names of people that attend Grace Church. And I prayed, and I have prayed for you consistently that God encourage you and give you peace and take away any fear that you may have. I'm coming. I want everybody to know I'm coming. Watch what I'm about to say here this morning because it's true. We've seen this church grow from a total constituency of about 12 people to a total constituency of well over 400. I say we can do it again because I'm coming. Because I'm coming, we can do it again. We can do it again. Watch this. If we repeated that rate of growth going from 12 to a constituency of over 400, if we could all get them here, if we could get them all here at the same time. If we repeated that same rate of growth, we would have close to 10,000 people at Grace Church. Now, I'm saying that to say this. For those that didn't believe way back in the Baker days when we had 12 people, 
that I came here to build a church. I didn't come to play games. I didn't come to just mess around. I didn't come to shoot the breeze. We came to build a church. For those that didn't believe the Baker Church could become Grace Church as we know it today. How many people are sitting here today that believes that we could do that again? I'm coming. I'm coming. May I remind you that we have the credentials here at this church to build this church to something it's never been before. First and foremost, we have an amazing group of intercessors, praying people, people that pray every day, people that pray consistently. I'll go on to promote today that I believe we have an amazing children's ministry and they do it. Our staff does a great job with our children's ministry. We have a wonderful Sunday school ministry and our staff and teachers, God bless you. You do an amazing job. We have a powerful youth group that all of you can see and they sit in front of you every single service and there's a whole lot of other things that are going on here at Grace Church tells me that we're on a path. We're on a path to grow and to have an outpouring of God's Spirit like we've not witnessed and like we've not seen in a long time. I'm coming. I'm coming. You say, how are you going to accomplish this, Pastor? All you have is a slingshot. I'm going to answer it with a Bible verse. Is that okay? In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, and we all know it. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I've not showed up here today by myself. When I say I'm coming, I'm not alone. I want to remind everybody here today that there's the power of God working in this building right now. The Spirit of God is moving in this congregation right now. And I believe God has set in front of us a path of growth and great things from heaven itself if we will follow what God wants us to do today. Everybody say, I'm coming. That was pretty good. I'm going to applaud you. It was pretty good. But if you're feeling it the way I'm feeling it, if I can get you to feel it the way I'm feeling it, you'll put a little more oomph and fervor and passion. Let's try it one more time, can we? Mean it like you're the, you're the slingshot boy here today. You're the slingshot girl here today. And there's a big giant in front of you, and you can put in that blank called giant whatever you want to put in there. I don't want you to feel intimidated anymore by anything that's going on in your life right now. I want you to bow up and square your shoulders and tell God, tell the devil, and everybody around you, I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Now, 
You say, Pastor, that's just a pipe dream. No, it's not. I've seen it come to pass before. Chuck and Schwann is sitting back there. They've watched this church grow. They were a part of it when we had about 25, 30 people. They remember those days. Boo and Melanie remember those days. Cassie Crochet remembers those days. Cassie Crochet can take you back to a time when there was only two in church at the Baker Church on some service time. We've come a long way, baby, but we've got a long way to go. And we've got a God that's trying to direct us and trying to lead us. Everybody shout, we're coming. All right. I know we're loading y'all down with all kind of new stuff, connect groups, a new church app and everything. But I'm launching a new hashtag today. And you'll have to hear this sermon to appreciate it. But just hashtag, we're coming. When you text somebody, when you email somebody, when you Facebook somebody, when you Instagram somebody and TikTok somebody and all these things, just add a hashtag at the end of everything you say. Honey, is dinner going to be ready tonight at 6? Yep, we're coming. <laughs> Baby, I love you so much. Hashtag, we're coming. Somebody get on board with me here today. We've got to promote it. We've got a moment here. We've got an opportunity here. We've got to get it done. And with the power of God, we're going to get it done. May I submit to you, I do not see myself in any way, shape, or form going it alone because I know there's a room full of people here today that are going to take this journey with me. Say it one more time. We're coming. Somebody said, I'm cut from a different cloth. And they don't make that fabric anymore. That's me. That's Grace Church. We are kind of cut from a little different cloth if you think about it. And they don't make that no more. We've had too many people that's moved away from here, out of state, out of town, whatever. And they've looked around every area and they've moved to different parts of the country and say, we just can't find another Grace Church. No, you can't. We're made out of a different cloth, but they don't make that fabric anymore. I'm coming. Somebody said, you'll see me struggling, but you'll never see me quit. I'm coming. Somebody said, doors will be open to those who are bold enough to knock. I'm coming. Somebody said, watch me manifest everything I want. I'm coming. There's a verse here today that I want everyone to get your head around. It's one of my favorites, if not my favorite verse in the Bible personally. It's found in Micah chapter 7 verse 8. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I fall, I shall arise. I don't care how many losing seasons I've had in the past. Something has happened. I fired my slingshot on occasions and it didn't hit the mark. But I've come back again with my slingshot and I'm coming in the name of the Lord I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, coming. now with that little introduction I want to preach to you for a little while today when the day of Pentecost was fully come I want to remind you, and I taught a Bible study here on it several Wednesday nights ago. We all know that Jesus died, he was crucified, he died, was buried for three days, and he resurrected. The Bible very clearly says in Acts chapter 1 that he spent 40 days with his disciples, giving them commandments pertaining to the kingdom of God. He spent 40 days with them. And in my mind, they were in la-la land. 
they, uh, it was happy days, if you will. They were just kind of glazed, their eyes kind of glazed over. And maybe trying to figure out what happened with the crucifixion thing and the being dead for three days thing and the resurrection thing. But nonetheless, there Jesus was back. They had Jesus with them again. And they were, no doubt, to put it in one of my favorite little expressions, they were buck wild about it. We got him back. Happy days are here again. And it's interesting to me that at some point he told his disciples and followers to meet him on the top of the Mount of Olives. The olive is a type of peace in the Bible. It's a peaceful thing. And he brought them to the top of a mountain implying, indicating, symbolizing that they were going to be with him on the mountaintop in this kumbaya moment in a time of peace. I might be stretching that a little bit, so forgive me. They were happy to be there. Some of them got revelation of who he was and what have you. But they didn't come prepared for his agenda at that meeting. He had one more commandment to give them. And after he gave that commandment to them, something really strange was going to happen to Jesus. Something they had never seen before. We like to judge these people Jesus' disciples and his followers sometimes would say, well, they, they had God and flesh right in front of them. Why didn't they do? What would you have done? Even knowing what you know, what would you have done? So they're having this moment, and he gives them this one final commandment. He said, I want you to leave here and go to Jerusalem. Until and tarry. Bring your slingshot, will you? Don't forget your slingshot. But I want you to go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. What would you have done? All of our Bible scholars here today. If Jesus gave you such a commandment right now, what would you do? I want you to go tuck yourself away and not show your face in public for at least 10 days, perhaps two weeks, and you stay put. I don't really see where he asked them to even pray all that hard. I want you to just go sit down in a chair and wait. And I'm going to prove to you that they were just heavy laden with boredom because their last straw of what can we do while we're waiting was to have a business meeting. Who does that? Have some musicians go to the piano and play something? But they elected a board member. <laughs> they did. That's the only thing recorded that they did. They had to get over. I've preached this 
this principle before many times. It's interesting to me that they had to get over Jesus just leaving the earth, going straight up. And the Bible said he disappeared out of their sight. What would you have done? I don't know how you measure an experience like that. I don't know what you compare it to. This isn't Disney World. This isn't a funeral home. It's not a wedding. It's not having a baby. It's not getting a raise or a new job. This, this experience is off the chart, man. I'm just now getting my head around the idea of Jesus and you resurrected from the dead. And now you're going, it's gone. I admire them. I admire them. And the angel even had to remind them of their commandment. Why stand you here gazing? The same Jesus whom you've seen go will come again unto you in like manner. And probably gave them a strong nudge towards Jerusalem. You've got a commandment. You've got one more commandment that you need to obey. I choose to believe here today. I can't prove it, but I choose here to believe that when they got over that moment of Jesus ascending into heaven, that uh, they had an attitude change. I just believe that. Something just came over them. I choose to believe that. And they left the Mount of Olives, not arrogant, and not full of ego because they were the disciples of Jesus. It wasn't like that. They left, I believe, with a little bit of an attitude, kind of saying, we're going to Jerusalem. Or, Jerusalem, we're coming. Judea, we're coming. Samaria, we're coming. The uttermost parts of the earth, we're coming. We may only have a slingshot in our hand, but there's something behind us. We're obeying a commandment. They may not have understood everything that was about to happen to them, their family, their church. We already know, excuse my expression, but they were kind of freaked out over the veil in the temple written in half, torn in half. Can't do that anymore. There's no more holy place and holy of holies and all of that. Are y'all with me today? So church, Jesus took care of the church thing when he died. He tore their veil in half. So much for the priest going to the holy of holies once a year to make atonement for us. He took that away from them. Now I'm hearing a little voice in my ear that's saying, Maybe during COVID, God took something away from us. Okay, we'll keep going. But something was going to change them, their family, their church, their way of worship, their way of life. But they were open-minded to it. They were willing to obey what Jesus 
and commanded them to do. Please understand that Jesus knew he was about to be taken away from them. He vanished out of their sight. I'm sure they were excited. He was dead, resurrected, and with them again on a mountaintop in a place of peace, the Mount of Olives. And who could ask for anything to be better than that? But it was all about to change. I'm seeing the same thing happening to Grace Church. Now it is time for Grace Church to take this posture. We're going to leave our Mount of Olives. A lot of people have found a place of peace and serenity in your relationship with God since the COVID year and all that. I've not talked about COVID all of last year like I have in this year. But God's brought us to a wonderful place since all of that. The olive is a type of peaceful intimacy with a visible Jesus. He took them from the Mount of Olives. He took them away from a visible Jesus to an upper room, which is a place of power and miracles and signs and wonders. It is a place where Jesus isn't with you. He is in you. The disciples went from a place of peace to a place of power. Where would you rather be today? I believe there's a room full of people that'll say, I'll leave my olive branch behind if it'll bring me to a place of power, of miracle signs and wonders. Watch this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now of that writing, the time of that writing in Matthew, Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What was he talking about? Who was he talking about? He was talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, according to every commentator I've read, was clearly called by God to introduce to the whole entire nation of, of Israel, the nation, the Jews, all of the Jewish people. He was called to introduce them to the idea of the coming Messiah. This nation of people had been mired for some 2,000 to 2,500 years in the law of Moses. And God wanted to change that. To bring them from a Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy based relationship with God to a book of Acts based relationship with God. And John the Baptist was given that job to turn them from the Old Testament law of Moses to the New Covenant to the Messiah and everything the Messiah would bring. John the Baptist, God love him. I love John the Baptist. He wasn't happy with that. That's not enough. I believe there's more, God, that you need to do with these people to get them to turn from the Old Testament to the New Covenant. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. It simply means that when John the Baptist entered into his ministry, heaven, God, did not ask him to baptize a living soul. Just ask him to preach the principle of repentance. 
turn away from your old traditional ways. Turn away from all that stuff. Just repentance is more than forgiveness of sin. It's turning away. It's doing an about face. We all know that. John the Baptist's job was to get them to turn away. But he wasn't satisfied with that. He said, I need to do something else. He's called John the Baptist for a reason. He's John the Baptizer. I don't read in the Bible that his baptizing people was necessarily divine direction from God. He just started doing it. I'm fulfilling the call of God on my life, said John. Come down in here in this water. If you want to repent and if you're true about it, manifest the fruit of it and get baptized. It didn't save them. It was unto repentance. It was to help them start that journey. And God was kind of forced to honor it. He didn't have another John the Baptist waiting in the wings. I've got to stick with this dude. He ain't doing everything I ask him to do. He's weird and he dresses funny and he eats strange things. But i got to stick with him. And I'm happy to stand here and proclaim to you that heaven got behind John's slingshot. John the Baptist showed up. He showed up in Jerusalem and I believe his attitude was just simply this. Jerusalem, I'm coming. Israel, I'm coming. Pharisees, I'm coming. Sadducees, I'm coming. He wasn't being threatening. He wasn't trying to be negative. And he wasn't here to start a fight with anybody. He just had a force behind him that wouldn't let him stand still. I've got to go this direction. I've got to do what God wants me to do. I don't have any choice. And that's what I feel here today. God has extended his hand to Grace Church. And it's our job and duty to follow him. So today, I'm happy to announce. I've preached this whole thing Primarily to announce this. There's folks here today that knows it's true. The pastor's about to take a step I've never taken before. I'll be honest with you. I'm still human. I'm a little nervous. Because I don't know what's going to happen. Let me tell you the story. And I'll be as quickly as I can. I know y'all got nachos on your mind. Not connect groups, but nachos. I'll go see them nachos in connect groups. Just get some nachos, man, absolutely. I attribute this to Hinesley Bryant today. But he invited Miss Sophie here today to come visit with him at Grace Church. She went home and told Ryan and Hattie that Hinesley's been inviting me to his church and Ryan said well you should go as a matter of fact we'll all go that was the first part of November of last year and they don't understand how they've inspired me I've tried to tell them but I didn't do a good job I met Ryan his first or second Sunday year Asked him what he did for career and what have you, and he told me where he worked. And he said, I have a also have a sideline business that we do ads for people. He's done ads for 
various politicians and what have you is very involved in, in, in that. I've asked their permission and they said it was okay for me to introduce Grace Church to them in this way. And to be honest with you, I kind of went on and Ryan, I apologize, but I kind of forgot about it. I talked to a lot of people here and it, just, it didn't stick. And uh, it's about the first, first, second week of December. I was thinking about them and them coming and apparently they liked Grace Church. They came back and came back and came back. This was, I believe, the Sunday or two before Thanksgiving. And uh, felt like God spoke to me in the, or at least gave me an idea, inspired me, I'll say it that way, to take Grace Church on a step that we've never done before. I believe God I don't think of Grace Church in those terms. Uh, we promote Grace Church, but to market Grace Church, that's what came to me. And then it was quick into my memory that Ryan had this business. So we went out to dinner with them a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him, could you make an ad for Grace Church that we could put on every ounce of social media that's out there. And he said, absolutely. He said, I know all the zip codes. And he said, we can make all that happen. And uh, I gave him a dollar amount. I said, we'll commit this much money. I'll go ahead and tell you how much it is. We'll, we'll commit $10,000 to this ad. It's felt like we should do it. <clears throat> And uh, what could we do with that? He said, um, we could do all the social media uh, outlets, channels, whatever you call it. He said, there's even probably a couple of local television stations that we could run the ad. So if we do, it's going to have to be at least 30 seconds for them to approve it. And I said, let's do it. Let's do it. So he did some work. And amazing, amazing to work with. And uh, I'm just going to let you all know, we'll make the announcement that on Sunday, February the 5th, there's going to be some people here with cameras. They're going to start, they're going to video our, live, our worship service live in different parts of the service and what have you. And they're going to do far more than that. Uh, but, but here in about a couple of weeks, we're hoping to have a full professionally made Grace Church advertisement, commercial, whatever you want to call it, running all over as far as we can reach. I want everybody to know I'm coming. I'm coming. I believe there's a lot of people that are hungry for a church like ours. And uh, obviously this many people can't let everybody know like we would like to let them know. So we're going to use media to try to reach our community and the areas around us for people that are looking for a, a, a church like Grace Church. And I believe they're out there. Everybody said amen. amen. So I believe right now, thank you, Ryan. I believe there are people out there right now that don't even know about Grace Church. 
But in a few weeks and months, months they're going to be calling Grace Church their home church. They don't know it yet, but it's coming because we're coming. Grace Church is coming. A number of years ago, and I've mentioned this in the past, I'll mention it again. I preached a message to the Baker Church. I wanted to preach, Chuck and Schwann, you may remember it. But I was preaching to the people in the balcony. Grace Church, or the Baker Building didn't even have a balcony. I was being very visionary back in those days. Mike and Deidre, you may remember it. I remember Mike Frazier sitting here this morning. He wrote me a note in the Baker Building. I just prompted my memory. He wrote me a note and, and handed it to me after church. He wrote it on the back of a tithing envelope, and I came across it not too long ago. He said back then, in a little building that would barely seat about 80 to 85 people, he wrote on that back of that tithing envelope, where are you going to sit when our church is running over 100? That was huge visionary for us back then. You remember that note? I hope you do. I do. I'll never forget it. And it was visionary to me, and I just kept, we kept working, and we kept working, and we kept working. And I have finally developed the boldness to get up and preach to people in the balcony. That there are people out here in, the, in Baker and the surrounding area that's going to be coming to our church and we, they're going to have to sit in the balcony. It's going to be so packed, but we didn't even have a balcony. It was just visionary preaching. You know what prompted my memory today with that message? Most of you here today are those people. You're the ones. You didn't know it. You didn't know about it back then. You didn't know about Grace Church back then. And if somebody had told you back then that one day you'd be going to that little Baker Church not knowing we had moved and all that, you would have never believed it. But here you are as people, a fulfillment of that message of people in the balcony. I'm here to submit to you today that there's a whole other group of people out there somewhere that's going to be a part of this church in the near future. They don't know it yet, but we're going to go ahead and make some room and we're going to make preparation because we're coming. Coming, we're coming. It's not arrogance, it's not ego, it's knowledge. Let me hurry, I'm out of time. Our text in Matthew 16. I'm gonna go, I'm almost done. Landing gears out, we're coming in for a landing. Jesus said to Peter, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I've done my best to tell you, and I've told heaven, I've told God. I've told God a thousand times or more, I'm coming. I'm telling you that, coming. I believe you're behind me. But now I want to stand here flat-footed with my slingshot and tell the devil and to tell hell, we're coming. We're coming. Here's what the Bible has to say about this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Paul wrote to the church at Rome in Romans 8, He that searcheth the hearts and knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. Job said, and he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, 
I shall come forth as gold. Isaiah said, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I would like for you to consider with me this morning as you stand. need everybody to listen. I want you to consider with me this morning the three Hebrew boys being thrown into the fiery furnace. Some way, somehow, God took away their fear of the fire. I don't believe they fought. I don't think they bucked and screamed and wrestled. None of that. God just took away their fear of the fire. When Daniel was being let down into the den of lions, some way, somehow, God took away his fear of a lion. I believe with all of my heart today that when David went out to face the giant with a slingshot that God took away his fear of Goliath and I have prayed we have people praying and I believe God is going to take away our fear for the future We're going to go home today with a confidence in our spirit. We're coming. And all I have is a slingshot. But I've got a God behind me that's amazing. I want y'all to look at that picture on the screen. Does that put anything into perspective for you? David, at the oldest, was probably 16 years old. A lot of people, a lot of commentaries believe he was 12. Younger than these fellas sitting up here today. Oldest, 16 years old, the age of some of these guys here today. Going out and facing a man that was anywhere from 9 to 12 feet tall. God only knows how much he weighed. His spear, the head of his spear probably weighed more than Y'all look at that picture. You bury that in your mind. If you'd like to have it, text me and I'll send it to you. I have used this picture for years as inspiration. I'll pull it up on my phone and just stare at it. The odds of David winning. I don't know if you can see it. It's kind of a blurry picture. But not only is David facing the giant, but look at the army behind Goliath. And he is out there by himself with a slingshot. Do you know what his attitude was? You ought to be able to say it. I've said it about 
50 times here today. Goliath? Now, y'all didn't say it good. Goliath? I want us to get that mentality here today. It doesn't matter what's in front of us. It doesn't matter what's in front of us. As long as we have God behind us. again. We did it last Sunday about stalemate. You remember that? We're going to do that again today. I know you got care groups and all that, connect groups, but we're going to take just a few minutes, just a few minutes. If that's how you feel, I know who's coming first. One's already started. I know who's coming first, and it's this age group. It's this age group right here that took that dude down. It's this age group. Y'all, come on. Everybody else, if you have that, if you feel that today, would you join them? Would you join them? Let's get behind David of the Old Testament and say, we're coming. We're coming. We're coming. We're going to do this. Y'all see? Y'all see? We're willing to leave our place of peace for a place of power. Lord, take our fear away and let the Holy Be with you. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna build this 